Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Hello, welcome to this takeover episode of Words and Nerds. I'm picture book author Amelia McInerney, author of The Book Chook, Bad Crab, My Bird Bertie, Who Fed Zed, and Mary Had a Little Lamb, What Really Happened. And my new picture book is called Neil the Amazing Sea Cucumber. And I'm here today to chat about Neil with the illustrator of the book, the incredibly talented Lucinda Gifford. Hello, everyone. Hey, Lucinda, I'm still doing the intro. Just wait, just wait. Oh, God, Lucinda. (laughs) (laughs) Lucinda is an author in her own right. Her middle grade series is The Wolves of Grey Coat Hall, and she has illustrated and written and illustrated many wonderful picture books, including the Whitney and Brittany Chicken Divas books, Too Many Cats, and the Cat Wants series of picture books, among many others. But the best book I think she has ever illustrated is, of course, Neil, the amazing sea cucumber. Hello, Lucinda. Of course. Hello, <laughs> Amelia. It's wonderful to be here. Isn't Can it? I Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, speak now. Speak. Say something. <laughs> so shall, yeah. we, um, shall we tell everyone a little bit about your marvellous book or our marvellous book? Your marvellous book, yes. That's, <laughs> yes, because the illustrations, I think, make this book, absolutely. So, Thank you. Yes, yeah, so this book, Neil, is an amazing sea cucumber or is he a boring sea cucumber because the word boring is in the title isn't it with strike through text yeah out. but he's not boring he's not he's very lovable he's um a downhearted sea cucumber though um he's a bit dejected and we find out why as he chats to the reader not knowing why he should even be in a book because he's not wonderful like all the other popular sea creatures, um, which is Aww. a bit of a feeling I think a lot of us might identify with. And then he goes on to let us know that his beloved companion Sandra has been swept <laughs> away from the tide. And so there's a lot of deadpan humour throughout as Neil laments his lowly lot in life and pines for Sandra and he sort of is He's a bit down about everything, isn't he, Lucinda? He is. And I would say it's a a picture book that would resonate with anyone from what ages, would you say? Three, two? Oh, just, yeah, until you die. It's it's for adults. Until you die. Well, that's 103, according to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I feel like Neil also would have a rich inner life. So it's a a lovely book. Um, I really, really enjoyed illustrating it. And I also wanted to say that one of the reasons that I took on the book was actually, you might notice in the dedications, I dedicate it to my dad because I received the text when I was in Scotland and I read it through and I showed it to my dad who laughed for about 20 minutes. (laughs) So that was a, that was the, that was what made me really decide I wanted to do this one. 
Well, that's great. Well, yeah, you your humour is just um, spot on, I think, for this book. And because so much of Neil, so Neil is a sea cucumber, if listeners don't know, and he's very, well, he's very downhearted and dejected about his um, losing of his beloved companion, Sandra, who is another sea cucumber. Um, And so much of the humour and the plot unfolds on his face, doesn't it? It's his deadpan facial expressions, which I imagine must be quite difficult. (laughs) Yeah, in some ways I like the ambiguity of expression that you can get in a sea cucumber. You can read different things into his expression. His words are quite dejected, but you always hope that there's more, there's something going on in the inside. And I actually think it's a very warm book. Yes. So I'd be interested to know, yeah, how our interpretations differ as the author and the illustrator. How do you see his emotional journey throughout the book, Amelia? So, yes, it starts off that he's very down and he's he's very negative and he doesn't know why he's in the book because he's not one of the popular sea creatures and he's got this Mm. very negative take on everything. And then he starts to give hints right from the start that his companion is gone. And so I don't want to give away the ending, but let's just say it's a very happy and heartwarming ending. And I think that was so important because we're sort of laughing along with him being such a downer and and the the humour that comes between what's happening and how he doesn't react. But ultimately it's so, you're so rooting for Neil, aren't you? Because you really want him to be happy and loved and uh, in the end, he is, and I think the um, the nice thing that I wanted to leave readers with is an ambiguity or their own interpretation of was he always, you know, a negative misery guts or was he only looking through that negative lens because he was so heartbroken over losing Sandra? Yes, well, that that is an interesting take on it. I think it's it's good that we both we both had the same interpretation, and I think that comes through. I did I did feel like the ending, which we don't want to give away, was very warm for me. And there is this message that um, there's love for everyone, even if he is downhearted all the time. That's right. That might be a lovable attribute for some. Yeah. Because so, yeah. He, so it was. Yeah. And and Sandra, I like that we've left it open about her. Like we don't know, is she just the same as Neil and they're a perfect pair or is she the opposite of Neil and she loves him for who he is? Um, so I like that that uh, the reader can decide about what's yes. happening. But but he is very lovable, isn't he, even though we, we laugh along with, you know, his take or his lack of reaction to everything around him. He is. And that would lead me on to saying that picture books, although they seem simple and excuse the pun because this takes place underwater, but picture books are quite deep, aren't they? They are. They are. And I think um, they're often layered. So on the surface, we have just the laughs and the humour of what happens to this unusual, quirky character. But if you want to, if you want to look deeper it could be about mood and relationship ups and downs and how when we have problems in our personal life it has the power to color our whole world so yeah so I think that's the deeper layer if anyone wants it and on the less deep layer talking about color um you did mention that you imagined the book being a bit murkier the palette than it ended up being how did you imagine it 
Yeah, I, because he's sort of like so down and dreary, I thought it would, I just saw it like that. And when I saw yeah. your illustrations, I thought, oh, they're so bright and colourful. This is absolutely how they need to be. This is gorgeous because it's for young children and it just works. So I was wondering, did you see it in that colour palette all along or, or how did that come about? I did. And I think some of that comes from memory of seeing actual sea cucumbers in Tonga going snorkeling and scuba diving. And um, I actually had a friend who kept picking them up and waving them in front of me, which was. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> sure. I don't know, are you supposed to do that? <laughs> I, was but, that I mean, they were yeah. fascinating. Well, You're some of them so are actually. Some of them are actually a bit more beautiful than Neil, like a bit more, um, they've got a bit more sort of patterning or little spikes and things. But um, yes, I remember that. And I remember the um, lovely clear blue water and all the patterns on the sand around. So that's what I was trying to recreate. Yeah. And and yeah. I think I didn't realise it, but of course I only scuba dive and snorkel in tropical areas. I'm not a cold weather underwater person, but I'm always doing it where the blue is that bright light blue and, you know, I don't go down enormous depths, so there's a lot of light. So for me that created exactly what inspired the book, which was my own snorkelling trips where I saw these unfortunate sea creatures who um in comparison to the other beautiful marine life you know they're they're um they're not so colorful and dainty and they can't even move and they've got sand stuck all over them and they, they look about. a little bit abandoned don't they on the bottom of the sea they, they do they're like a cucumber that someone's tossed overboard aren't they <laughs> but um they yeah, are that's, rather like that's um that's funny you said that because it's I saw them um, sort of lolling about on this one particular trip, which inspired the story. Yes. And one of them just kind of like floated off on the tide. And I thought, oh, how bad that must be. You know, how do they feel? Do they feel like I can't move? I have no face. I, I, I'm not pretty <laughs> like all the other characters, you know. And then now I don't even have my own family or friends, you know. And, and, and then that was how the story came about. That's how it came about. And how much would you say the story has changed since you first wrote it? How many drafts did you do, for example, to all those people who think you just write it down and get it right straight away? (laughs) I worked on this manuscript for a few years. Like I just hung on to it and tinkered away. I don't really work in drafts. So I just, yeah, I just have one big draft that I keep editing. So that's how I work. But it didn't, it didn't really change too much. Um, it was just tinkering with the dialogue and, you know, making sure the jokes were working and the, the, mm. um, the human connection and the, the heartwarming part was there, things like that. Um, but, yeah. You, you did sneak of, in a couple of puns, though. I did. <laughs> and you ran with them. <laughs> yeah, I do like a, a pun. There's no such thing as a bad pun for me. And um, yeah. I hope we can, when we um, get a little bit more involved in talking about this book, perhaps we can think of some more. We can set each other a challenge, perhaps, for a pun. I'll see how when we I, go. An Instagram challenge. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw your boat with the sign on it, I laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, most people choose exciting characters right to write about, but you knew this character was going to be perceived as dull. So how did you write about a character that might be perceived as boring without making the book boring? 
It was the thing that Such attracted. Yeah, it is tricky, and it was very tricky to do. But that's that's what attracted me to writing this book. I think once I got the idea, yeah. you know, seeing these poor things lolling about on the sand while I was snorkeling, I thought that's so fun that the idea to write a really boring character because as writers we're always trying to find a unique traits and unique kinds of characters yes. and I thought well a sea cucumber is really unique and if I can give him these weird characters not that I planned to do it it just popped into my head really but um can I do that without writing a boring book was the challenge because <laughs> if you try yeah. to write boring dialogue it just it goes on and on yes. and how how do you make it funny? So that was challenging. Um, but I thought if I could pull it off, it will be a really different kind of character and story. So that was the thing that was driving me and it was so much fun to write because of that reason. And I think the way that you did pull it off was in the rhythm of the text as well and the rhythm of the text and the action. So, you know, you have pauses, you have a little bit of introspection, something happens and you have this reaction. So although the character is, um, I don't know, he's he's sort of placid and he lets mm -hmm. things happen to him. He's got no choice. He's a sea cucumber. He doesn't have a lot of agency. That's he right. can still it's the way he reacts to things that is funny yeah. and um you know on a deeper level going back to the deep underwaters again um a lot of people don't have a lot of agency and a lot of us I don't think I lived a particularly exciting life but it's still rich for me <laughs> so <laughs> still amazing Lucinda <laughs> yeah. you we don't have to be you know you don't have to be doing exciting things all the time I that's um that's something I took from the book really yeah well, that's, my own personal um, take. That, that's nice to hear and I think yeah that's a lovely message that I hope a lot of people get that you know you don't have to be the most yeah. dazzlingly beautiful um dolphin or colorful marine fish that we can all have our turn no. you know in the limelight and and thinking of ourselves as you know worthy and you know perhaps even amazing from time to time as Neil is so a lot of people would probably wonder how we um, work together on this book um, and how would you describe it? I guess pretty typical. I think, would you say, Lucinda, yeah. in, in the way yeah. that I, I wrote the text, the text was acquired by a firm press and then they found you, the illustrator, who agreed to do yeah. it and then you went and did your thing. I saw the roughs and gave it a little bit of feedback, but I was over the moon with them. So I knew yes. that you, I just knew that you would nail it and you did. And then, yeah, just a little bit of tweaking back and forth through a lovely editor, Meg Whelan. And, and it was all, well, from my end, it was all very straightforward. How was it for you, Lucinda? It was, it was straightforward. So when I receive your text, quite often when I receive texts from authors, the author has written quite a lot of illustration notes and often the editor will whip all those out <laughs> and leave me to try and work out for myself what is going on. But of course, when you have, um, when you have a book that is dialogue led, so it's Neil talking to the, to the reader, there are also things going on in the background and that needs to be explained. So I was very happy with the level of illustration notes in this text. They told me just enough of what was going on and still gave me freedom to add little extra characters in the background, which I always really like. And um, 
you know, they didn't describe Neil's expression. So it can be hard as an illustrator when you get a text that says things like, um, the dog is looking to the left in surprise as the door <laughs> is opening. And you either reason, think, yeah. duh, or, yeah. well, actually now <laughs> I'm going to make it a donkey looking to the right, juggling balls, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it came to me very, it was, a, it was just the right level of information for me to run with. And um, obviously the book is a largish size, but it's not that long. So that led me to think we need comic book panels in some of these sections to show the lapse of time and the change of expression. So, yes, that was good. Yeah, that and I good. wanted to ask you about that because I think this book is a bit different in that it is in like a graphic novel format or a comic book format and that it's got loads yeah. of panels, um, which just makes sense to me, I guess, because it is all dialogue. It's just Neil the sea cucumber just talking to the reader, except for the end bit. Yeah. Um, and did, did that just strike you as oh this is what this is or did you play around with the format or how did you come up with that unique idea well I played around with the format a bit because we have the same setting a lot of the time don't we with the sand and the sea so yes. it's always quite nice to zoom in so I tend to do closer um sort of uh, what do you say aspect zoomed in a bit when the action is getting more intense and then zoom out when you're sort of looking around a little bit, sort of giving the reader time to see all the, to look at the setting and see all the characters. So with the um, comic book, um, I think, I think for me, it's, it's more like you, you just want to, it's, it's a bit more, um, oh, how would you say it? Um, Movie-like, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, they're like scenes, it gives aren't it, they? Yeah. Yeah, they're scenes, so you can draw out the action a little bit and also, um, yes, create variation. That's a long way of saying a simple thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, that's how I saw it. It's sort of like um, yeah, a movie or a cartoon or something happening. So yeah. I think that format worked beautifully. And I like how they did it in a, a long, it's like an, is it like an A4 Tall. sort of a full, yeah, to illustrate the depth because you're sitting on the bottom of the ocean. Yes. So that worked really well to, and then you've got the boat at one point on the surface um, with pickle pie. And often as the <laughs> illustrator, you often get to help choose the format. So, you know, a firm press are very good at working with the illustrator. So when I come back and say, I think it should be this way around, they'll say, oh, we'll do it. How about this size? Ah, was that and your um, idea so to do it tall like that? Yes, because we had, well, we had this one scene where it needed to be tall and that sort of dictated the rest of the book. Otherwise, you have fold-outs and so on, which are very cute, but actually tend to slow down the enjoyment of the book sometimes. They're a bit fiddly. Hmm. And expensive, yes. <laughs> and expensive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they are. And talking of um, expense, no expense spared, there's a beautiful cover on this book. What did you think oh, of that? so lucky. Oh, so it's got spot <laughs> UV, which is shiny stuff, and it's got gold embossing, and it's got... Um, Oh, what is it called? Gold? No, what is it? Gold foil and then embossing with Neil's yeah, bits. It's, it's gold leaf, yeah. So he's all blinged up, this sea cucumber, as he deserves to be having his time to yeah. shine, doesn't he? So yeah, it was really, it was a real, it was a, such a joy to to see this book come to life and and to write it in the beginning. The whole thing was really joyous. So 
Oh, yeah. good. And I, I do, I have to say that as an illustrator, you're always pushing for stuff like that, going, oh, I just uh, wondered if this could be on the cover. And it would look lovely in gold or with a silver foil. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talking of bling, there's, um, so Neil isn't very bling. So who did you base the character of um, <clears throat> our gentle sea cucumber on? Uh, so Neil is actually <laughs> in, my, in my head. The whole time, his voice was like Neil from The Young Ones. And I'm sure you know that British comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't realise that, though, until the very end because in the beginning Neil had another name, which I won't say because it's a name of someone else in our industry that I very much like and respect. And I thought, oh, no, yeah. I, I, I don't want him to think that I'm calling him boring because there's the word boring yeah. is in the title <laughs> with strike through text and um, he's not boring. He's amazing. Um, but I thought, oh, no, I can't have that name. I'll have to change it. And then I just thought of Neil. And then I went, oh, his voice is Neil from the young one. You know, so um, that was funny. And I had a question about how you actually came to draw Neil so fabulously and Sandra and the whole whole book. What? How did you do it? Is it digital? I don't know much about illustration. So can you tell me yeah. and the readers how you did it? I did do this digitally. So I, um, I really got into my iPad recently and Procreate. And I found that, now don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I found that in doing the final illustrations, which can take a long time. If I have my iPad, I can sit and sort of half watch telly while I'm doing them. So I'm not sitting away <laughs> from my family. That's so the once perfect I've got way every... you should have illustrated this book with a half-hearted yeah. attitude. Is it <laughs> So um, with Procreate, it means I can get all the line work just so. And um, so often I might just do the roughs on Procreate and not the finals. But with this one, I did the finals as well because I wanted to really make sure all the colors were very consistent and it has all these wonderful brushes and so on so yes I'm not I'm not working for them by the way but um <laughs> yes the iPad was great so I was I could watch something quite intense like um House of the Dragon or Succession without getting too scared because I'm back on my lovely sea cucumber back with Neil. and then at the <laughs> end <laughs> and then at the end I transfer my drawings to my main computer and open them in Photoshop and get them ready for print and check them so it's oh. it's a very it was a very digital process this book and part of it is too that it's there's so many C backgrounds it would be very hard to change to change things without redoing the whole artwork so yeah. um digital well, artwork really, is great really, for that that's an interesting insight because that's the way I write and probably most authors write you know we we sort of let ourselves yeah. wander away and you know why should illustrating be any different you know we all think you're intensely yeah. focusing but you know it, why not it's a creative it's thing, periods so. of intense focus definitely and but once there are little hooks that um really help and sometimes um you know you can have a hook in the text where you just look and you go oh okay that gives me a little bit of insight and I think for me that turning point was early on when um Neil mentions that Sandra has been lost and the way he phrases it is very funny because it just seems to come out of the blue particularly when you're just reading the text and that gave me a lot of insight into his character and um and then when you're illustrating 
it's like, okay, the glasses, that's what, that's how I'm going to do it. You know, I drew a lot of cucumbers first without glasses and they just looked a little less appealing. Glasses mean you can put huge eyes sort of floating around underneath and vary yeah. the expression a lot more. Yeah, that's and funny. his expression, the, the deadpan, is just so funny. And he's sort of, um, the book, it's metafictional. So um, he's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, and just when, yeah. when he looks at the reader, uh, you know, I think I said in one back and forth bit, I said, you know, like on The Office at the end, it's it's just so funny. <laughs> just, you know, the, the line is there, but I was hoping, because when you're an author and you're not illustrating your own book, you you have no yeah. control and you just think oh I hope that the person gets it and then you did and it's there's just so much oh good humor that that comes from his facial expressions and all the lack of <laughs> facial expressions um yeah so yeah I think he's such a gorgeous little character um, I have to say that um, in the text I received there was some guidance as to the expressions and I was grateful for that too so sometimes I receive manuscripts with um with no comments and then or no you know um suggestions and then also the one with the suggestions if I want to look at it but not oh. this one so yeah yeah I think I write in a way that I, I rely on the illustrations to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of both yeah. storytelling and the humor so uh, I think if I if I don't put those notes in, because I know we're supposed to only put the really essential stuff in, no personal choices or whatever. But if I didn't, the thing just would not make any sense. So um, No, no, I know. It's finding that balance, isn't it? It's um, tricky. When I send things in, I often send, because I illustrate as well, I often send a couple of pictures or a character study. So that um, I'm at an advantage there. Though I have had authors also do a couple of character studies or pictures just to say, you don't need to do it like this, but this is this is how I imagine it. And that's fine as well. So, yeah. you know, well, that, that's good insights yeah. for authors, because we're always trying to get that right. Not, you know, not give too many and then give just enough. But, yeah. Um, it's- yeah. I mean, I suppose if you have a um, an editor who is, you know, very good as um, the editors at a firm are, um, then they can they can balance as well. So they sort of manage the relationship a little bit at the beginning, which I think is probably good, because we can both, you know, we can you can get overwhelmed as an illustrator and as an author, you've got you're handing over something you've been thinking about and working on for a long time, and you want to make sure it's in the right hands. So at those times, it's it's really good to have a third party to manage that relationship. Yeah. That's how but there, defi- there anyway. definitely is a magic, I think, with, you know, one person doing the words and one person doing the illustrations, yeah. um, you know, and the book becomes a, a new thing altogether, together with the art direction and the editing yes. and, you know, it really becomes the best thing it can be with everybody's creative input. Um, yes, so- that took me a long time to um, really understand when I started out about 10 years ago is just um, how much of a team effort it is. And um, and now I actually, although I really do like writing as well, I um, I really enjoy that team, um, that team creativity. And I feel, especially with talking about graphic novels before, when you see a graphic novel which has a really good author-illustrator team, I just think that it works brilliantly. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not to give away too much of the book, but there are some pickle jokes in this book, aren't there? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't get a bit blue with the pickle jokes, but there are there are some clean pickle jokes. Um, do you have a favourite pickle, Lucinda? Um, yes, my favourite pickle is capers. I put capers on everything. No one else really likes capers that much, but I do, and I'm trying to get them into it. I love a pickled yes. caper, yes. Yeah, capers are, are excellent. Yeah, I like yeah. Um, anything in brine, really. And when I went to the US, they would serve a sandwich with a great big pickle because it's pickled cucumber, right? People just call it a pickle. Yeah. But, um, oh. You know, and you just pick up and eat the whole thing, which, um, yum. So um, I'm not sure if we should cover this, but I'm going to lead on from it anyway. Um, so we're talking about pickled cucumber. Now, my... Um, my studio mate, who used to live in Taiwan, said there'd be a big market for this book over there, but maybe for other reasons. Yeah, so quite the delicacy in book... China, right? Here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> quite the delicacy. So it'd be yeah, interesting so... to see where this book goes. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they could get behind it or there'd be like cognitive dissonance where they, they don't want to yeah. attach to this gorgeous creature that they eat. But um, I hope so. That's a big market. Yeah, I but, so um, too. I must, I, if someone offered me, like I am not a vegetarian at all, but if someone offered me sea cucumber, I'm so attached to Neil and Sandra, I don't think I could. Yeah, I couldn't either. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks to Danny B for letting us come on and do the takeover episode. And thanks to Yay. you, Lucinda, for the chat. Yeah, really thank fun. you, Danny, too. And thank you, Amelia. It's been fantastic to talk about Neil with you. And I can't wait for the book to come out. Me too. I hope you all enjoy reading about Neil, the amazing CQ Humber. All right, let's go and eat some pickles. <laughs> <laughs>